Revelation chapter number three. The Lord has led us this morning to this chapter for this service for a purpose. And I'm so thankful for all that the Lord is doing and what he's going to do. Revelation chapter number three, that'll be the very last book in your Bible. We're going to begin reading this morning in verse number 14. And we'll read down to verse number 22. Would you stand with me? Revelation chapter number three, beginning in verse number 14. You will notice as Jesus is speaking, he is talking to different churches. This last church that we're looking at is the church of Laodicea. Many Bible scholars believe that this is the last church age. When you get to chapter number four, he says, I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. A lot of people believe that chapter number four and around that time is speaking of the rapture of the church. Now, a lot of people don't agree with that, but it's okay. But you cannot disagree with this Laodicean church is the last church that Jesus deals with in the book of Revelation. As I was praying and asking the Lord for the message for today, the Lord dealt with me. He said, I want you to preach on this last church. And I want you to remind all the congregation and all of those that are watching online that you and I, I believe right now, we are that last church. I believe that time is so quickly passing that it will not be long till Jesus Christ comes and takes his bride home. Amen. Let's look at this church and let's see what Jesus says and what he sees. Chapter 3, verse 14. To the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, if knowing not that thou wretched, miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire. Thou mayest be rich and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Amen. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and sat down with my father in his throne. He that hath, ear, hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Dear Heavenly Father, I realize, Lord, the seriousness of this message. I stand behind this pulpit where I cannot stand alone. I need so desperately a touch from heaven. 
I need, Lord, a voice from heaven. I need, Lord, a mind to be clear. And God, I need your spirit to so move in this place. Lord, we're in a desperate need for you in this hour. We cannot make it one more service without you. And oh God, oh Lord, would you do what you want to do amongst your people? We'll thank you and we'll praise you. We give you honor. We give you glory. You're a thrice holy God. And we love you today because you first loved us. We ask these things in the only name. We ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for standing. Thank you so much. I need you to stay with me just for the next few minutes if you don't care. When I begin to study here in the book of Revelation, I've been studying on end times. I've been studying now for over a month on the rapture of the church and the end times events that's happened around in our world. And the Lord led me here to this last church in Revelation chapter number 3. When I began to study this, the Lord dealt with me and said, you need to know who the Laodicean churches are. You need to know what's going on because Jesus knew. And the things that Jesus said, he addressed to this church. And the things that Jesus said, he's addressing to you and I this morning. So please listen, church. He's speaking to us this morning. The first thing that I noticed as I was studying, and I could spend the rest of the message just studying what I found out about the Laodiceans, but that's not God's will for me to do that. But I do need to share some thoughts so that you can understand these scriptures. We need to understand the Laodicean church. And this group of people was there 250 years before Christ's birth. We need to know that this Laodicean area is six miles from Colossae. You'll study in the book of Colossians where the Apostle Paul has written, and you'll find more than one reference when Paul was addressing the church of Colossae. He also addresses the church of Laodicea. You'll also find 46 miles this church was located from an area called Philadelphia and Asia Minor. We find also that this place was a very wealthy nation, a very wealthy area. They produced cloth. They produced wool. Some scholars believe that the cloth that they produced was a salt black wool that they made. We also realize that in this area of the Laodicean church, we know there that there was probably hospitals and medical centers because this place was the area who made an eye salve that would go in people's eyes. And all over the Roman world, they would come and they would get this eye salve from this place in Laodicea. But we also know that this was, yes, a very wealthy place. A lot of trade, a lot of travelers, a lot of things that are going on around this place of Laodicea. But we also know that they had a major problem in this area. And the problem was the city down below them had hot springs, hot water that would come up out of the ground, just like we have close to here, the hot spring spas. And we also know the cities above them had cold drinking water that would come up out of the wells and would refresh them and, and satisfy their thirst. But the problem with this very wealthy area is they had no water. And they would have to underground have clay pipes and they would have rocks and this, pipe, this water would pass for five miles down in.
taste that was really bitter that could not satisfy the folks here in Laodicea. It's very interesting when you study about the place because then you find out what Jesus was saying to them about the place. But we don't want to talk no more about Laodicea. We come this morning because we need to talk about the Lord. Amen? The Lord. I notice here that the Lord is speaking of himself. Notice with me, if you will, in the verse number 14. And on the angel of the church of Laodicea write, Jesus speaking, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. When we see how Jesus addressed these people, we see a problem already with these people. Jesus would not address these people in this way if these people had not forgot who Jesus really was. Jesus would not address these people in this way unless these people in this last church didn't have a clue, nothing about really who Jesus is. So we see here that Jesus speaks of himself. Now listen very closely. In the last church age, in the day that you are living in now, there will be many people who will not truly believe who Jesus Christ really is. There will be many people who do not even know that Jesus Christ is the very Son of God. Amen? So Jesus tells them, he says, first of all, he said, you need to know who I am. He says, I am the Amen. Can I hear an Amen on that? He says, I am the Amen. The word Amen means truthful. It means verily, verily. It means truly, truly in the Word of God. The word amen not only means truthful, but the word amen seals the statement. If I was to stand here this morning and I say to you, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what would you say to that? Amen. amen. The reason you say amen to that is because amen means truly, truly, verily, verily. It means truly this statement is right. And Jesus Christ is the very one himself. Jesus Christ is the amen. In other words, the reason that I can say whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved is because the name I'm calling on is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the amen at the end of every statement that you read in your Bible from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. Amen. amen. Jesus says first you need to understand that I am the amen. I am truthful. The amen that seals every statement about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, All the promises of God in Him are yea and amen. And it says, Unto the glory of God. Can I hear an amen? Amen. amen. Christ is the Son of God. Amen. Christ is the Son of God. Amen. Christ is the Son of God. He, he was made flesh so that He could dwell among us. But Jesus Christ is the very Son of God. The reason that Jesus is telling this church, this last church, the reason he is telling us this is because in the last days, there will be people sitting on church pews. He is talking to the church. There will be people that are sitting on church pews who will not truly believe that Jesus Christ is the Amen. That's why he's addressing this church in this way. So stay with me. Not only is Jesus the amen, he says, I'm also faithful in the true witness. 
Christ is completely trustworthy. He's completely trustworthy in his word. John 14, 6 says, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and no man can come to the Father but by me. Amen? Jesus Christ is not only the amen, but Jesus Christ is a faithful and a true witness. But then here's where a lot of churches are beginning to err from the truth of who Jesus is. The Bible says that he is the beginning of the creation of God. There is a thought that is going on right now in a lot of churches and a lot of other denominations who believe that Jesus Christ was a good man, who believe that Jesus Christ was a prophet, but they do not believe that Jesus Christ is in the very beginning with God. God said, let us make man in our image. Amen. He wasn't talking to the angels. He was talking to the Son. Jesus Christ has always been. Jesus Christ is not a created being. Jesus Christ this morning is the creator. That's who Jesus is. Jesus tells us who he is right here. He says he is the amen. He is the faithful and true witness. And he is the beginning of the creation of God. Colossians 1, 16 through 19. Listen close, church. We have redemption through the blood of Christ. For by him were all things created. Heaven and earth, visible and invisible. He is before all things. By him were all things created. He is the head of the body of the church. And it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. He is the firstborn, not by chronologically, but by preeminence. He is the beginning. He is the source of the creation. John 1, 3, Christ is not a created being. Christ is the creator. Revelation 1, 8, Jesus said of himself, I am Alpha and... I am the beginning and he's always been church and he always will be the reason that Jesus Christ is addressing the last church with telling the church who he is because in the last days the church will forget who truly Jesus Christ really is If someone tells you that Jesus Christ is not the Son of God, they're lying to you. Jesus Christ is the very Son of God. And because of the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary's cross, you and I have access to the Father. Without Jesus, we cannot get there. Jesus is who he says he is. And he will always be Jesus. And he tells us here who he is. Amen. Not only that, but notice this. Stay with me now. Not only what the Lord says, but what the Lord sees. You've got to understand what the Lord sees. Look at verse number 15. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou were cold or hot, so then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Not only what the Lord says, but what the Lord sees. Hear this. The Lord knows you this morning. Everybody look up here. Don't get distracted. The Lord knows you. But not only does the Lord know you, He knows what you are. He knows everything about us, church. He not only knows us, He knows what you are. And in verse number 16, He says this to this last church. He says, I know you're lukewarm. I know you're lukewarm. See, in this church of Laodicea, they understood why. 
They knew that their waters was murky. They knew that their waters were toxic. They knew that the water was coming into their city through clay and rock and stone pipes. And they knew, they knew, they said, you know what? No matter how much water we drink in our churches and no matter how much water we drink in our cities, it never quenches our thirst. It's just an old lukewarm, nasty water. Jesus says in the last days, in the last church, there'll be a lot of people in that church that are lukewarm. They will. They're not hot. And they're not cold. When I began to study this, the Lord dealt with me about it. Now listen, in the last church age, people be half-hearted, people be half-committed, and people be self-satisfied. You say, how do you know that? How do you know that that's the way it's going to be in the last church, in the, right before Jesus comes? Look at verse number 17. You know what Jesus says about this church? He said, you say of yourself, I have need of nothing. I have need of nothing. You see that in verse 17? I have need of nothing. I'm doing good. Everything's going to be okay. I have need of nothing. In other words, what I have learned through studying about this Laodicea church is this. The hardest people to reach in the last days before Jesus comes back is not going to be the atheist. Because atheists know they're atheists. The hardest people to reach in the last days is not going to be the drug addict. Because a drug addict knows they're a drug addict. According to what we're reading in the scriptures on the Laodicea church, the hardest people to reach in the last days is going to be the people that are sitting in church. You go to the man at the gas station, begin to tell him about Jesus. He says, I know I need Jesus. You go to the football team and tell them about Jesus. They say, I know I need Jesus. But you come into the church house and you say you need Jesus. The church house says, I have need of nothing. I don't need anything. I'm doing great. My family's doing great. Everything's going well. I've got a couple of testimonies that I want to share this morning just to let you know how serious this thing is. Thursday, me and two friends of mine sitting here in the front, we had the privilege to go over to Irwin High School. And Thursday, they had brought up some young guys, some JV players into the locker room. And Thursday, as the gospel was presented, at the end, I asked the question, is there anyone in this room who needs Jesus Christ as your Savior? There was a boy that was right behind me that raised his hand that he needed Jesus. Is that true or false? There's a boy right across from him that raised his hand that he needed Jesus. Is that true or false? And right there in that locker room on Thursday, there was two young men that prayed to accept Jesus as their Savior and Lord. God is saving souls. And then Friday, listen, Friday, I'm over there at Mars Hill. University, the freshman football team always comes off the field first. 
They never stay for their devotions. They was not under our tent during the revival. And Friday, as those freshmen was coming off to go into the locker room to change their clothes, to get out of the locker room so the rest of the team could come in, change their clothes, hear the devotion and talk with the coach, that this past Friday, the coach come running, come running off the field and he said, Pastor, today's the day. Pastor, today's the day. Pastor, today's the day. I said, what are you talking about? He said, these young men need to hear a word from God. He said, do you have a word, Pastor? I said, yes. And this past Friday, just a couple days ago, there's between 40 and 50 freshmen standing in the locker room at Mars Hill University. The gospel was presented to them. Listen now. And now those 40 or 50 boys, I don't know how many, 5, 10, 15, 20, they raised their hand that they knew they was lost. I seen fear in them boys' faces because they needed Jesus. And out loud all over that locker room, those 15 or 20 young men prayed out loud to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. God is working. Listen now. And then Miss Bell over here almost messed my message up. I come walking in Friday. Nana Bell, we call her, was sitting down here eating her some dinner with her friend. She said, come here, preacher Keith, come here. I said, what's going on, girl? She said, I want to join the church, and so does she. I said, well, that's great. I sit down with her. I said, Nana Bell, tell me about when you got saved, Nana Bell. She went. I said, Nanabelle, tell me about when you got saved. She looked up at me in tears in her eyes and her friends looking over. Is this the truth? Her friends looking over at her like, what's going on here? What's going on here? She said, Keith, I don't know. I said, what do you mean you don't know? She said, for years, I, I feel like the devil's been messing with me, telling me I was lost. And Joe told me, said, honey, it's okay. It's just the devil messing with you. But she said, preacher, I don't know. And then she goes, what's people going to say? What's my kids going to say? What are they going to say at Flat Creek? What's people going to say? I said, listen, listen, Annabelle. I said, it don't matter what people say. She said, I remember, preacher, I remember. I remember one time Johnny Taylor was preaching, and Johnny Taylor made an altar call, and I feel like I needed to go forward to accept Christ. She said, but I sat there, and I didn't go forward. And she said, Keith, I don't know. And I grabbed her by the hand, and she began to pray and ask the Lord to come in her heart and be her Savior. And after she prayed and asked Jesus to save her, then she said this, don't tell nobody. Don't tell nobody. I said, I said, you got to tell Grace and you got to tell Agent. She goes, Preacher, don't tell my kids. What are my kids going to say, Preacher? Don't tell my kids. I said, Nana, it's okay. She said, okay, holler for them, holler for them. I said, Grace and Adria, come over here. I come over here, what's going on? What's going on? Nana Bell looks up at her son and her daughter and said, I just prayed and asked Jesus to save me. I want you to know that I just prayed and asked Jesus to save me. Are you with me? And it's not over. It's not over. Me and Tina's leaving the church and we get all the way over here in the parking lot. It's raining. We're in a hurry, man. We're trying to get out of here. 
And I hear a young lady in our church who's married. She's here this morning, her and her husband and her three children. And I hear, Preacher King, Tina, Preacher King, Tina. And I look, and here comes, here comes a member from our church, good friends of mine. And she comes up and she says, you was talking about Miss Bell, and you was talking about this. And she said, I want to tell you something. She said, the other day, I woke up in the middle of the night, and my husband wasn't in the bed. And I thought the rapture had happened, and I thought the Lord had took my husband and my kids, and I was never going to see them again. And she said, I went through the house, and I seen him. He was in there in the bed with one of the kids. And said, it tore me all to pieces. said, I thought I'd been left. And I said, what's going on? She said, I do not want to be one of the church members who dies and goes to hell off of a church pew. And she stood in that parking lot over there in the rain and prayed and said, God, I know I'm a filthy sinner and I need you to be my Savior. Lord, thank you for your grace. Thank you for saving my soul. And we stood there and wept and cried and held her like a little girl. I'm telling you, God is doing big things. But hear this and hear it well. Everyone sitting in these church pews is not excited about it. Because in the last days, in the last church, they will be lukewarm people. I was telling people in the fellowship hall about what happened. I was telling them what happened. I said, I said, they got saved in Mars Hill. Nana Bell got right. I said, God's doing the mighty things. And I was telling people, and people was excited, and people was smiling, and people was rejoicing. But I walked around the corner and I told an individual all that God had been doing, stone-faced. No smile, nothing good to say. Look me right in the eyes with a smirk on their face and look back down at the floor. And God reminded me, I'm doing big things. I'm blessing and I'm saving a lot of people. And there's a lot of people in this church that's excited about the good things of God. But there's some people, evidently, they don't like it, Jackson. They either don't like it because God's saving souls and they're not involved in it, or they don't like it because I was there when it happened. But I'm going to tell you something. It does not change the fact that God is good, that God is good, that God is good. He is the amen. He is the faithful and true, and He is the creator. God is working in these last days. God's working. But remember, he's preaching to the last church here. He's preaching to the last church. Verse 16, you say you're spiritually rich, you think, but you're broken. You think you're beautiful, but you're ugly. You think you see, but you're blinded. And you walk around like you're clothed, but you're naked. Do you hear this, church? Do you hear this to the last church? Do you hear what Jesus sees? Do you, do you know what Jesus knows about you and about me? But in verse number 18, we see the Lord's offer. I counsel thee, buy of me gold tried in the fire. Thou mayest be rich in white raiment, thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, 
and anoint thine eyes with our salve that thou mayest see. We see Christ's offer of grace. Isaiah 55, 1 says this, Ho, everyone that thirsts, come ye to the waters. He that has no money, come ye, buy and eat, yea, come, buy wine and milk, without money and without price. Listen close now. <laughs> In other words, what Jesus is telling his church is what I have for you, you can't afford to pay for it. I don't care how rich you are, what I have for you, you cannot afford to pay for it. He says, because the price has already been paid. <laughs> he says, because the price has already been paid. He speaks of this pure gold. He speaks of this white raiment. White raiment, amen. That you mayest be clothed and the shame of your nakedness don't appear. Revelation 3, 4, and 5 speaks of those that are clothed in white. Revelation 19, 8 says, And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Listen close. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For it made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. It's all about Jesus. Miss Donna, where are you at, Miss Donna? Miss Aldra, where you at, Miss Aldra? Come on down here. Hang on a minute. Miss Donna, Miss Aldra, Miss Emily, Miss Tina, you ladies, come here for a minute. Put that on, girl. Walk right back here to the back. It's zipped up on the bottom. Put that on, girl. Walk back here in the back. What in the world's going on in here? Miss Emily, put this on, girl. All right, here, Miss Audra, walk back here in the back. Miss Tina, here you go, baby. This is my wife, by the way, if nobody don't know that. That's why I call her baby, amen? Put this on, go back here in the back. Church, you got to understand something. You got to understand something. Jesus offers grace to this church in the last days. Jesus offers grace. And Jesus says, I want to give you the purest gold that you could ever have. I want to give you white raiment. I know that you're famous for making your black wool. He said, but this ain't about your black clothing. He said, this is about my white clothing. Amen. And he said, this white clothing has absolutely nothing to do with you at all. He said, this white clothing has everything to do with me, Jesus Christ. He said, you are not clothed in your own works. You are clothed in the righteousness of Jesus this morning. If Jesus Christ is your Savior, He is the Amen. He is the faithful and true witness. He is the creation of everything. But Jesus Christ is the only one who paid our sin debt on Calvary that can make us white as snow. He's the only one. Are you hearing me, church? And then he says this at the end. He says, I stand at the door and knock. I stand at the door and knock. Not only is he knocking on every heart's door in here this morning, but you know what? The context of this scripture is he's knocking on the church's door. He's talking to the church. 
I'm standing at the door of the churches in the last days. And all I'm saying is, church, if you'll open the door, I'll come in. Individual, if you'll open the door, I'll come in. And I'll sup with you and you with me. What does that mean? That word sup means it's dinner time. And that dinner time means this is the last meal. (laughs) Are you with me? It's the last meal, Brother Jason. And at that last meal, there's fellowship. At that last meal, there's unity. And at that last meal, there's nothing but love. Are you with me? So you ladies, remember something. When Jesus knocked on your heart's door, and when Jesus saved your soul, He clothed you in His righteousness. And no matter what the world thinks or the devil says, when the God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit looks at you, He sees you in white raiment clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. That ought to make you shout. And then one day, girl, (laughs) and then one day, I don't know exactly how it's going to work, it's going to go something like this. <laughs> God the Father is going to say, would the congregation please rise? Come on. And Jesus Christ himself is going to bring in the bride. Come on in. 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 Jesus Christ is going to bring in his bride. Come on in. Come on in, bride. Listen. You know who that is? You know who this bride is? It's you. Come on back down here, Miss Aldra. It's you. This bride is you if you're saved. Washed. <laughs> washed, washed, and made as white as snow. Now, this is the kicker. Nanabelle's friend looks at you and says, But Wilda, you've done so many good things for the Lord. You have done so many good things for the Lord. And your mama looks at her friend and says, it don't have anything to do with what I've done. I needed Jesus. And it's all about what he has done. Amen? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. The last churches. And he's knocking on hearts here today. If you will open your heart and you will allow Jesus Christ to save your soul, (laughs) he has a white robe of righteousness for you today. He'll take all of your filth, all of your sin, and all of your mistakes, and he will clothe you in a robe of his righteousness. And then you can leave out of here saying, God is good. But here's the question of the day, right? Here's the question of the day.
it says, He that overcomes. He that overcomes. Who's an overcomer? 1 John 5, verse 4. Listen close. For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. How am I an overcomer? Because you believe and you've trusted Christ as your Savior and Lord. But there's many of you here today who has not. You have not. You have not. And may I say to you this morning, if you're 99% sure that you're saved, you're lost. You're lost. And if you've been battling whether you are or whether you're not, you need to come to this altar this morning and settle it right here today. Don't leave out of this service with 1% of doubt in your heart and in your mind. I'm telling you, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Today is the day of salvation. He wants you to leave with pure gold and a white garment and your eyes open that you can see. Brother Grayson, in the last days, the hardest group to reach with the gospel is the people sitting on church pews. Do you need Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? And Annabelle, tell them, don't let anything. Amen. Amen. Don't let anyone cheat you out of what Jesus wants to do for you today. We got some here now. And if you come the altar, and you go pray with someone that comes to y'all this morning. Do not look at them and tell them you know you're saved. Don't do that. You look at them and tell them you need to call on Jesus right now that he'd save your soul. We're talking too many people into heaven when people know they're not going. Amen? So if you need to come, look at the person beside you and say, come on with me, come on with me, come on with me, come on with me. I need to make sure today that I'm saved. If you need to come on, you come on. Thank you, ladies. Come on. Come on if you need to come pray. Don't put it off. Don't push it away. Don't wrestle with it. Get it settled today. Get it settled today. Get it fixed right here today before you leave this service. Come on. Come on, church member. Come on, Sunday school teacher. Come on, mom and dad. From upstairs, come on. If you don't know, you got to know today. Because this thing's winding up, church. It's winding up, church. It's about over. You need to know. You got to know. You got to know. You've got to know. Stop doubting what the Lord's done for you, girl. He saved you. He's washed you. You're white as snow.
You walk down that aisle as a pure, spotless bride of Christ. Don't ever doubt what Jesus has done for you, honey. He clothed you in his righteousness. You walk down that aisle as a pure, white, spotless bride. Don't ever forget what Jesus has done for you. Come on, find your place in here. Come on, just find your place in here and get everything settled today. Get it settled today. Get it settled today. 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 Get it settled. Look at the person beside you and ask them, do you know? Are you sure? Are you 100% sure? Ask them. Ask the person beside you, are you 100% sure? And if you're not, then come on. If you're not, then come on. You say, I've done it before. Who cares about what you've done before? Come on if you're not sure. Come on. Come on. Had a young man and a young lady walk into the 830 service this morning carrying a little baby. They're sitting in the very back. They come down to the altar this morning. Both of them got on their knees and cried out to Jesus, Brother Dean, that he'd saved their souls. We had three church members in the 830 service, three church members, one of them a deacon's wife, come down the altar this morning. They just wanted to make sure, am I saved, God? Am I saved? Am I ready to meet you? That's all that matters today. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. You got to know. Get in here, girl. You got to know. You can't leave, girl, until you know. You hear me? You can't leave until you know. You got to know. You got to know. You got to know. This thing is real. Granny. Granny. You good? Is it all settled? God's presence a lot of times in my life, but I got to make sure, preacher, I got to make sure. I got to know that I know. Amen? Amen. Amen. So did you get saved today? Is it settled? No more doubts. It's fixed. Amen, son. He just said I got saved. Amen? With doubt. Go on and be what God wants you to be. Amen. Amen. You good, girl? Are you good? Do you not know? Hey, come here, ladies. Come here, ladies. She don't know. She don't know. She can't get it settled. Got to get it settled today. Amen. Today's the day. You got to get it settled. Are you good, girl? Do you know? Do you know that you know? Did you ask him to save you? Is it settled? Amen. It's settled. Amen. She said, I asked the Lord to save me. It's settled right here this morning. You got to know, church. You got to know. You can't leave out of here if you don't know. You got to know. You got to know. You good, my man? Settled? Everything's good. (laughs) 
Amen. You got to know. Don't be standing there fighting it now. Don't be standing there going, oh, oh, oh. No. You got to get it settled. You got to get it settled. You got to know. Ain't no more guessing. Can't be no more guessing. 